0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Ah, yes. The Bennett Skin Show 105.3 The Fan. Thank you for rolling with us today. Stephen Jones is coming up. Uh, That should take place at 1120. We'll focus specifically on the Eagles and their dumpster fire at 1140, and we'll all rejoice in that. But right here, we're going to go around some of the games in the NFL and We'll break it down into two parts. This will be part one. Part two will be at 120 today, right after Sham goes ham. Let's dive in with Rams-Browns. Rams win this game 20-13, to and the Browns' offense is sputtering. Freddie Kitchens not getting a lot of love. Seven out of 11 drives for the Browns had just four or fewer plays. And if it's not for Odell Beckham Jr. pulling off something huge, some massive big chunk play, their offense has been stalling out. Some people are saying their quarterback is regressing and they're committing penalties all over the place. So I can't help but watch the Browns not answer and live up to the hype and think, man, I'm just so glad to have Kellen Moore. Mm -hmm. Because Kellen Moore, at least through the early part of the Cowboys season, he's figured it out. The Browns are still searching. Did you guys happen to see any of the post-game locker room chatter from uh, Baker or Odell or Freddie Kitchens or any of these guys? Mm -mm. So the tone, Kitchens did the whole routine where he's like, I know what story you guys are going to write. You know, that whole... Thing, which like, oh, man. He said it's on me, right? Yeah, he did say it's on me. And then Baker went out there and said, I know what story you guys are going to write, and there's not a problem with the play calling. And then Odell specifically said, we believe in Coach Kitchens. So, you know, they play these clips without the questions, so you don't know the context if they're asking about the questions. But one thing that is amazing, Ben, you were talking about whether or not Baker is regressing, and this is very normal. For a quarterback to then take a dip after their first year, these were the stats that really stood out to me. This season, in three games, when there is – this is targets at least five yards away from the nearest defender. So this is a wide-open stat, what's considered wide-open in the NFL. Baker's completion percentage is 60.5%, which is last in the NFL. He has four interceptions throwing to wide-open targets, which is last in the NFL – And the wide-open percentage, uh, those opportunities are just 11%. So this is when he's passing and he's not under pressure. Baker Mayfield passing with a clean pocket. He's last in the NFL in three major categories. So it's very normal. I think all three of us, and four including Shippy, if I can speak for Shippy, we all believe in Baker Mayfield, right? Yep. Yeah. Okay. I I hope. Yeah. I think think think. it's just very normal. It happens. Three games ago, I would have taken Baker over Dak so quickly. If you said, hey, there's a hole in the universe and you can just swap quarterbacks with Cleveland if you want, I would say, hell yes. And I know three games is just three games, but seeing Dak in this Cowboys offense now, very few guys I would rather have than him. Maybe, you know, Mahomes and, and yeah. some other guys. But in terms of young quarterbacks, Good God, I uh, I would I think I would take Dak over Baker Mayfield right now. How about you guys? Baker's bad habits are really
2: bothering me. Uh huh. Like it's, hey, I get in trouble. Let me escape a clean pocket and
1: go out to the right. Right. And just because you can do that at Oklahoma, you can't do that here. And he's like, gonna have to fight through all that stuff and, and make those mistakes. And he either will, and he will learn or he won't.
2: Yeah, I think he likely will. That offense is bad.
1: Yeah. The the big play that I think Freddie Kitchens needs to be killed for is
2: it's unacceptable. Is it's fourth and nine and they're down by four. Okay. Nine draw minutes play. left in the game and they call a draw play and they got two yards. They also and he a... legitimately thought it was third down. Oh, you think? I think so.
1: They also oh, with wow. forty three seconds left to go, they're at the four yard line and they ran four straight five wide sets.
2: Yeah. Just... Didn't run it one time. And that's it after saying so I should have ran it one but time. It, here's but here's the thing: the, the creativity in that offense
1: is not there. No, it's not there. But the Browns are one and two. They've lost to the Rams. Now, they had a horrible game first week of the season. Was that against Titans? Beat Titans. them by 30. Okay. So they've had, but it's such a long season. Is anybody really going to give up on the Browns already? No. Good Lord. There's you know what? a long way to go. In terms of this being the sweetheart season for a blossoming offense, I look at the Rams situation. The Rams failed to score a first-half touchdown only one time in 2018 already happened twice this year so is the league adjusting to the adjustments the adjustments you know and I'm just thinking is that going to catch up to Kellen Moore at some point or are people going to now they're going to know tendencies they're going to have some film and it's going to make life harder because it's certainly not hard right now no it's not but I, I just when I watch these plays and I look at them working I go oh that'll work if that adjustment is made because like there's so many things going on to where all Dak has to do is make the right read and it is KT wrote an article about this. This is the time in a quarterback's ascension when he starts to really understand what he's looking at. Unless he's advanced, like Mahomes is advanced, right? But but for and it's, most it's
2: very easy and open for him at all times. Yes. But, so yeah. he
1: can make these reads and he has time. And unless there's injuries, he's going to continue to have time because he's got a great offensive line in front of him.
2: Browns next 4 games, Ravens, undefeated 49ers, Seahawks, Patriots. Wow. It's going be easy, schedule. man. Yeah, and yep, they, yep. they kill themselves. They have penalties. I just I don't think they're ready to be a playoff team yet.
1: Miles Garrett already has six sacks, by the way. All right, oh, let's oh, move on. Badass. Giants uh, beat the Bucks, 32-31. Danny Dimes, Daniel Jones was incredible at an 18-point comeback. I, I heard RJ talking about this this morning. Eli Manning in games in which he was trailing by 18 points or more. It happened 44 times in his career. He came back from that deficit zero times. Danny Dimes has already done it once. And he had two rushing touchdowns yesterday. I love the nickname Danny Dimes. That's obviously great, and he does have a great arm. Uh, but that, that game-winning touchdown, that's a really smart read because it was instantaneous. It was It's there. I'm crazy not to take it. And then early in the game, I think it was their first touchdown, he ran out right and, and picked one up. So, hey, that's a great young start for that guy. And, again, we're talking about this in the mix. I just love anything that makes Francesa look like an ass.
2: Yeah, oh, absolutely. And I know that's the story is Daniel Jones, but, I mean, the Giants should have lost that game. Uh, Jameis throws it deep to Mike Evans. They get in field goal range, although their kicker, Matt Gay, their eighth kicker in eight years, their fifth-round draft pick, again, they drafted another kicker who had already missed two extra points from where do you kick extra points from now. That's a 37? 33-yarder now. Yeah, Yeah. I think they're 33-yarder now, extra points. Yep. Let's uh, set him up here for a thirty-four yarder, game winner. Nice game chip shot, misses it by inches, and the
1: Bucks lose. Wait, did you see? Did you guys see what happened before that missed kick? Mike Evans on Janoris Jenkins. No, it's not about the delay of game penalty to back him up five yeah. yards. Yo, that, Bruce, Bruce Arians
2: said that they, he thought he'd make it easier. I he'd think already he's missed two joking. Extra
1: he was joking, dude. I hope so. He had to have been. That was one of those things, too, where it's like, I'm going to jump on this reporter and try to make him feel small. There's no way that they intentionally decided to kick a 34-yarder instead before, of a 29 They took yarder.
2: a knee, too, on their to take a knee plays. One of those plays where Jameis got the ball and kind of went backwards to get in the middle of the yeah, field. So yeah. they lost a grand total of eight yards on that, God. plus the,
1: the, the penalty. All right, so Saquon Barkley with a high ankle sprain. He was in a boot, and he was running around trying to celebrate. He was hopping yeah. around uh, with his teammates, but... Interesting uh, little situation for the Giants, but I think it goes to show that uh, there's never any reason to overly panic on your top 10 quarterback. Mm -hmm. Just give the kid time. He'll figure it out, and uh, there will be highs and lows for Daniel Jones, but he looked like he can play, and so that kind of sucks for Cowboy fans. We always talk about the game. From what I saw, it looked exactly like what he did in preseason. All right, we always talk about preseason doesn't mean anything. That's the way he played in preseason. Then he just went out and played that way in an NFL game, so a real NFL game. So kudos to that guy. I think if I'm not mistaken, one of you made the Kansas city, Baltimore game, your fart, butt lock game of the week. That was me, Ben. All right, skin. Congratulations. It it was a good game. 33 to 28 was the final chiefs beat the Ravens. (laughs) 33, 28 was the final. (laughs) And it's amazing how you could be without Tyree kill, which just looks to be, you know, one of the most dynamic players, if not the most dynamic playmaking deep threats in the league. You're without him while he's injured, no problem. Uh McCole Hardman, we've talked about him. They drafted him thinking maybe they would lose Tyree Kill. Such a little speed demon. He was awesome. It really doesn't matter. Whoever they have just fills in and does admirably. Then on the other side, uh Lamar Jackson. Not incredibly accurate in this game, but he did have some super some super cool highlight moments. Uh, where he's showing how he can move around with his feet and yeah. stuff, but uh, I think he was under fifty-five percent completion rate on the day.
2: He missed. Uh, uh, there's some deep balls that he missed. That you know, you can sit here and go, man, should, yeah. like, you should hit those throws. But he was fifty-one
1: point two uh, percent on forty-three attempts. Well, the bottom line is that Ben and I beat Pluckers Dave because Baltimore covered. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. At did. Kansas City, that's all we. Co- that's all we really care about. I do
2: want to say this though, because it ended up being a five-point game, and I know it was a garbage touchdown at the end to make it a. To cover that spread or whatever mm-hmm. but early in the first in that game the the Ravens were going for two and they're going for it on fourth down At six nothing they were so going for two they lost uh they went for it they went for two three times and didn't convert any out that's God. six points yeah and they lost by five now hey I'm saying this as being the guy who wants to get rid of extra points and thinks you should go for two every time right
1: but <laughs> I just thought that was interesting the
2: Ravens like no we got to keep up with the Chiefs we're going for
1: two yeah And you really, if they go for one, they're taking three points off the board, but maybe they manage the game differently at that point. All right, let's move on to one more game here in in this little series. Let's go New England 30, Jets 14. New England scored touchdowns on their first three drives, and it was over. It was over. New England back to just normal machine-type play. I mean, I think the thing that people really are – Talking about more than anything is the Bill Belichick-Dana Jacobson interview. That's probably the story of this game. Right. And I think we have the audio here, Shippy. This is uh, Dana Jacobson and Bill Belichick after the game. And uh, keep in mind, you're not going to be able to see this, but there is a hardcore Belichick stare at the end of this. He is pissed. Okay, we don't have that audio. Okay, oh. basically, she, she says something to the effect of, and coach, I would be remiss. Not to ask you about Antonio Brown being released. And I'm I'm so reluctant to ask you this, but professionally, I have to do it. Huh. Please allow me this professional courtesy and just respond. How do you, and I'm paraphrasing. And he goes, no, nope. And then he stared at her like he, as Sean said, he stared a hole through her head. I would say he stared a laser beam through her soul. It was the meanest stare I've ever seen. He had cold black shark eyes and he looked like he wanted to murder her. And I don't know if there was some arrangement in advance where he's like, ah, "I'll do it, but don't ask me about Antonio Brown." And she's like, "I, I, I how, I, I, I have to ask. He needs to know that she has a job to do. She has to ask. It doesn't mean that he can't still be a jerk and answer however he wants. But what he did was rude as hell. The look he gave her. We're only focused on the Jets. Look, it's okay. It's okay. Like your your point, Ben. Answer it however you want. But to act. Look, if you're going to bring Antonio Brown onto your team, guess what. You're going to get asked Antonio Brown questions. And that was your decision to bring him in, coach. So if you're going to bring him in, you know you're going to get asked questions about that. So don't act like an ass when it happens. And I I, I would like to say right now, since I was a guy that wanted Antonio Brown to come to the Cowboys, right now I'm focused on the Dolphins. <laughs> and I don't have time to answer any questions come on, about that. Sir, I'm recapping the Dolphins game. Don't stare at me like that. Go to hell. I have to ask that question. All right. Coming up next, Stephen Jones joins us on the Beninskin & Skin Show 105.3 The Fan.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your grocery so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
1: Unfortunately, I have some bad news to report. This is according to Shams Charnia, who uh, he's with The Athletic now. But former Carter Cowboy and Texas Tech legend Andre Emmett was murdered this morning. Uh, and this, of course, has been a brutal, wow. brutal year for homicides and gun violence in the DFW. Uh, Andre Emmett last played in the league in o four o five for the Memphis Grizzlies, former early second round pick. But I think people around here really remember him for what he did at Texas Tech. He was still playing overseas as recently as a few months ago, uh, but had a great career at Texas Tech and part of that uh, that Dallas Carter program. So. Uh, Really, really unfortunate news, and apparently uh, had recently just become a father. So sad, sad news as another life taken way too soon. We'll have uh, Stephen Jones on momentarily, but Ben, one of the plays that people were reacting to strongly happened early in the game yesterday, and that is the concussion on the hit from uh, Hearns, the former Dallas Cowboy Hearns. It's a play where the ball was kind of let out there by Rosen. Uh, Heath coming in strong, trying to make a play. And there was a lot of reaction, including a lot of immediate reaction of, hey, throw Heath out of the game. It just seemed to be kind of over. What did you think of the play after seeing it several times? Well, when, I, when it first happened, it, it looked like a, you know a car crash. It, it looked like, oh, my God, old school headhunter just destroyed him. And then in watching the replay, I was immediately reminded um, of last week when a ball hit Heath in the helmet. Was it week one or week two? Yeah, it was week two. You're right. A ball hit him in the helmet. And so he was basically playing the receiver, not playing the ball, and he missed out on a huge interception. He probably got a ton of grief for that watching film, too. So in this case, he was totally playing the ball and was not watching the receiver at all. And so it was a collision that neither one of the guys saw coming. Hearns didn't see it coming, Heath didn't see it coming. They were both looking at the ball and ran into each other. Uh, and, you know, I said at the time I, this was accidental. Um, you could tell by the, the way Heath was holding his, his arms and he, he was ready to catch a ball with his body and intercept it and take it the other way. And you know that they're friends too. There's nothing malicious about that play in any way. It was just accidental collision. I think Jeff Heath is on the short list of guys on the Cowboys least likely to ever engage in dirty play. Like, there's nothing about his personality that would ever, ever indicate that that guy is going to be involved in any kind of dirty play whatsoever. I I was
2: uh, talking to my buddy, uh, John Machoda, from the uh, Athletic last night, and he was talking about how eerie it was that that spot was really close to the spot where he got hurt last year in that playoff game. And his last game in that stadium uh, had that brutal knee injury. And I was like, oh, my gosh.
1: Meshoto, was using that thick accent going, Oh yeah. crap?
2: He's like, Oh crap. I gotta talk to talk to KT about the game. It was that that place was the same spot on the map. That's <laughs> what <laughs> so he said. I also sing that Malik Hooker of the uh of the Colts, one of the other besides Jamal Adams' best safeties in the league, uh he just ripped up his meniscus, so he's out four to six weeks.
1: I'm oh, dear. Oh, yeah. We we
2: escaped pretty injury
1: pretty clean injury wise, right? Yeah, by yeah. all accounts, I haven't heard anything today. We'll talk to Mickey at 12:20. He's usually up on that and then Steven Jones will be calling in momentarily and he'll have a He's little. He's calling right now, I believe. I'm seeing the hotline bling. Oh, a phone we'll is see
2: if ringing. Ship, he can get him
1: on. So here momentarily we will talk to Steven Jones. There's a lot of great things to talk about in that game as well. Don't forget uh Sham goes ham is a Ben and skin tradition like no other it's sort of our masters mm-hmm. and we'll have it at one o'clock today and joining us now on that buyersafety.com hotline is the COO of dallas cowboys football the mighty steven jones good morning steven how are we doing today
3: hey guys doing real good how are you doing
1: man we're doing excellent three and almost feel pretty good so uh what was your overall assessment of how your team played yesterday do they play up to y'all's expectations
3: Yeah, I mean, you kind of, you know, we tried to avoid getting off to a slow start, which I think we did. I don't think, uh, you know, that was the expectation we had there in the first half. I think you got to give Miami some credit; they came out, you know, getting rid of the ball in a hurry and, you know, doing some things there to move the ball against us. And then, uh, you know, we, uh, you know, had some good success there early, but then seemed to struggle a little bit there as we headed into half. But I really think we answered the bell there in the second half. you know, played good in all three phases and, uh, you know, really uh, had a really solid second half there. A couple of stops away there and uh, obviously got our third win and on to, uh, you know, ready to focus on uh, New Orleans now.
1: Obviously, uh, you know, you guys took care of business and, and got the win. Uh, but, of course, the way, the way it goes in, in the NFL, people are so passionate. Uh, boy, the sky was following uh, was falling yesterday on social media, rather, and people were freaking out, going, well, I don't understand. Why aren't we beating them 70 to nothing? Now, obviously, the expectations are, are super high for your team right now, and you and you got to love that there's that passion, but uh, it kind of comes with the territory that people overreact a little bit, right?
3: There's no question. Uh, you know, everybody's starting to have high expectations for our team. The bar is high. We want to be accountable to that, but at the same time, you know, there's uh, – everybody here has the same payroll in our league. And they pay their players, too. And I think what everybody fails remember, I think that uh, New England Miami score was 16 to nothing going uh, deep into the third quarter and then New England ended up with two pick-sixes and the sky kind of fell for the Dolphins. But, uh, you know, there's uh, and we know this, there's no easy games uh, in the NFL. And the first time you think you're going to uh, you know, have an easy one you're going, to get, uh, you're going to get a rude awakening. Uh, I, I love it that our fans have high expectations, but at the same time, uh, we've got to understand uh, as a team, and I think Jason, uh, Coach Garrett, his staff, uh, our team understands that every game uh, is going to be a tough game in the NFL. And, uh, we've got to prepare uh, ourselves for that. And, uh, as Jason likes to say, he says we can control what we do the most, and uh, let's do that. And I think our team will continue to stay focused and hopefully uh, going into uh, New Orleans there where it's very difficult to play. And of course, uh, uh, they didn't skip a, a, skip a beat hardly uh, against the Seahawks where we also know it's difficult to play and beat a really good Seahawks team there yesterday. So it's going to take everything we have, uh, uh, you know, to, to compete and to try to get a win against the Saints.
1: You know, Stephen, it's kind of weird to use the term concerns when you're 3-0 and and every victory has been a double digit. But if there is one particular area that might be uh, below what you, we had hoped, it might be that defensive line. Now, you guys have some injuries. You did get some sacks in the second half yesterday. But through these first three games, how is the defensive line performing and how compromised is that unit by injury right now?
3: Well, I, I think uh, we just got to continue to get better. I wouldn't use injuries. And he's here. It's great to get Quinn back. And as you can see, he got pressures. He got sacked. I think he got a sack yesterday. d Long got uh, broke dice and got him a sack. So I, I just expect us to improve as we move forward. And uh, I think we will get better. I mean, this unit's learning to play together. Uh, you got to give Josh Rosen and the, and the Dolphins credit. He's getting rid of that ball in a hurry. Uh, I think he uh, you know knew we were gonna be trying to get the pressure. They had been, uh, you know, taking quite a few sacks in the first two games and I think, you know, uh, Rosen had was aware of that, was uh, wanting to avoid, you know, the same fight in terms of uh, uh you know, taking sacks. So I've uh, gotta give him some credit.
1: Another uh really solid day by your quarterback. Uh obviously again you get back to those expectations. Well he didn't have a one fifty eight point three quarterback rating, but Another really solid day from Dak, and everybody's wondering at what point this deal's going to come down, and obviously we're not going to get into the nuance of, of your contract negotiations, but it can, is it safe to say that everything is just totally on hold, or are there still conversations every couple of days and, and progress being made?
3: No, we, uh, you know, it doesn't really do any good to comment about the negotiations. Everybody knows that we want to make a deal. I know Dak wants a deal, so uh, you know, there's just things that have to get worked out have a contract of this magnitude, and uh, I just don't have any feel to say when it's going to happen. I just know that we're committed to uh, trying to make it happen, and I know exactly wants to do.
1: Steven, I want to get the Xavier Woods download. I want to know how his health is, how quickly he can get back, how good he's been in the first two games, and did you guys really significantly miss him yesterday?
3: Well, we always miss a great player like Xavier, and I feel like he's got a great Week, but I uh, got got top to DT. Uh, he did a great job in there yesterday, and I think really felt his presence. And uh, you know, I thought did an outstanding job in Xavier's absence. But it's good to see him. He's been hurt, dinged up a little bit with a, a high ankle himself. And uh, that''s uh, it's great to get him back in there and showed obviously that he can play uh, play this game at a high level. And you know, great to know that we've got uh, that kind of depth there.
1: You know, one of the guys we don't hear a lot of talk about, about uh, working out a, a deal, just I'm saying in the media, uh, is Byron Jones, but looks to be back to playing the same way he played uh, earlier last year before being injured. And um, it's it's got to be a, a difficult situation for you to try to work out a contract with a guy who is indeed a lockdown corner. Doesn't necessarily come up with a lot of interceptions and turnovers, but his guys always seems to be locked down. And a lot of Cowboy fans will look at this going, man, there's just not enough pie, there's not enough pie. Byron Jones is going to be a cap casualty, and, and obviously that's not necessarily automatically the case. But have you guys started any sort of conversations or negotiating uh, negotiations with Byron and his agent?
3: No, we haven't started yet, and uh, uh, he uh, hadn't approached us. But uh, you know, obviously Byron's the type of player, uh, as you said, and you mentioned it well, as uh, he's playing a corner at a very high level. Uh, he's a great individual uh, off the field and uh, really plays the game at a high level on. He's the type of player you want to keep around here. And uh, certainly as we move forward, we're going to continue to uh, massage our cap, our numbers. As we know, there's a CBA in progress, uh, which, you know, will have an impact on, uh, you know, how you manage your cap, uh, you know, over the next uh, 12 to 24 months. So, you know, we'll we'll keep our, our eye on that and no means, in no way have we uh, – discarded uh, having Byron uh, on our team for the long term. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. And uh, knowing that he's the type of player we want to keep on our football team.
1: You know, uh, talking to Steven Jones here on the Ben and Skin Show, sometimes you'll hear people say, are you worried that we're showing too much too early and teams are going to get accustomed to what the Cowboys offense is and we shouldn't put these sorts of things on film yet? What would your re- your reaction be to that sort of uh, analysis of what happens early on in a season?
3: Well, I, I know this. You're trying to win every football game, and uh, I'm betting on that. Uh, Kellen, and uh, that he's got plenty, uh, you know, plenty of other uh, wrinkles uh, to come in this offense, and uh, he's just doing a great job. But uh, we also know this isn't anything that uh, you know you take for granted. Uh, it's hard to win in this league. And, you
0: know, you're you're laying it
3: out there, and you're trying to do everything you can to win each game week to week. And we'll refocus. We'll relook at. Uh, you know, what uh, New Orleans is doing, and then we'll uh, attack accordingly. But I, I'm not worried about running uh, out of content for our offense, if you will, uh, in terms of moving forward and the wrinkles that uh, Kellen can bring. As you saw yesterday, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm very pleased, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, all the weapons that we have. You saw, uh, you know, you saw a Cobb stepping up and making a lot of big plays in Gallup's a- absence. Uh, Devin Smith stepped up big, Pollard, Of course, uh, you know, two 100-yard rushers is a good thing, and you saw his explosiveness and uh, what he can bring to this offense. So I think as we move forward, there's going to be a lot of ways, uh, you know, to attack, and that's important for us.
1: Yeah, and, boy, you guys look smart on the Kellen Moore stuff. And as we watch NFL offenses from all over the league struggle a little bit, I think I speak on behalf of all Cowboy fans. We need you to let Kellen go into that Jones family vault with a big empty suitcase and just come out with that sucker full. I, we need you to make sure that he's not ever allowed to leave.
3: <laughs> well, we all know what we think of Kellen, and uh, he's just done an outstanding job. You've got a great way about him. Uh, you know, he brings that quarterback mentality. Uh, his nervous system's just a uh, straight line, and uh, he sits over there and gets a, you know, gets the job done. He's uh, really takes it all in, takes in from our our, our players what we should be doing. Uh, you know, what's going on out there. And I think does a great job of, uh, uh, you know, of uh, of calling a great game.
1: Great stuff, Steven. We always appreciate it, man. Have a great week and we'll catch you later.
3: Hey, great being on guys. Thank you.
1: The Eagles are a dumpster fire and we are all warming our hands around it and uh, getting out the marshmallows. Couldn't be more happy about this. It's more what? And speaking of fire, uh, this is interesting. Let's start with this. All right. Last night. As the Eagles lost again, they lost 27-24 to to the Lions. Lions undefeated. We know how hurt they are. We know how how much we want them to suck, and they're doing it for us. They are sucking. But last night, uh, three people are hospitalized. Ten people were displaced by an overnight fire at an apartment building in West Philly. And the reason we know about this, because there's fires all over the United States last night. But just so happens that we know a lot about this one. Because uh, there was a gentleman who was involved in in helping to save people from this fire. His name is Hakeem Law. He's a former firefighter. He was walking past this building around 2 a.m. and he sees flames shooting from the windows on the second floor. Now, this is after spending his Sunday watching a little uh, NFL football, watching his favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, lose to the Lions. And so, check this out. This guy, this is an honest on-air recap from CBS3 in, in Philly uh, from Hakeem Law who stopped to help save some human lives.
3: I seen a guy hanging out the window, you know, screaming at his kids was in there and things like that. So I, I ran to the back door see if it was open. And it was. I ran upstairs and then I was greeted with smoke. I ran back downstairs. By that time, the ladder truck was pulling up. And ironically, being my one of my, ex, my old co-workers took the ladder off the, off the truck raise it up and he's assisting people down. My man just started throwing babies out the window. Wow. We was catching them, Unlike Aguilar.
1: <laughs> unlike Aguilar. Aguilar had two drops yesterday. And he's a had, fumble. Yeah. So, so dude. And God, that drop he had last week lost him the game. He also had two touchdowns yesterday. Think sir. about think about how deep seated the hatred is for the Eagles in him oh, and how yeah. his frustration is. He's on television. Like he's doing an interview about being a hero. And all he can think about is how bad the Eagles suck. We was catching them, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> oh, man. Unlike Aguilar. It's so great, too, because you're also equating the value of this baby's life is the same as a pass downfield in a lot of ways. <laughs> Jeez. Hey, we was catching
3: them, unlike Aguilar.
1: Whatever happens, don't let Aguilar be in a heroic situation because he's going to end up losing lives. <laughs> oh, my God. Right. Uh, Aguilar was also there. He pulled over and uh, he tried to save a baby. That baby didn't make it. Uh, he was <laughs> no. unable to catch that baby. Unlike Aguilar. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that's gold. That guy's awesome. Uh, they, no. Yeah, that's pretty incredible. This guy's saving lives and I, Aguilar was not there, but he takes a yeah. shot at Aguilar. So glorious.
2: He had two touchdowns for him yesterday.
1: He cost him the game last week. He did. Week. He had
2: a big fumble yesterday that killed him. They also had their rookie, Miles Sanders, who I loved coming out of college. He had a fumble. He fumbled twice on one drive, um, but he lost one of them, and he it was is- huge. I saw the, his uh, fumble stats at uh, at college. He fumbled nine times in th- just
1: over 300 carries. Is that right? Just That's horrible, really high. A horrible percentage. But, dude, Aguilar's been dropping passes since they drafted him. He was a yeah. first-round USC. He was a first-round pick, yeah, Chip Kelly pick. And he has been dropping passes since he got in the league. I just want to picture Aguilar getting home after the game. He's like, damn, tough day. That sucks. All right, he's getting settled in. Grab a cold beer. Flips on the TV. Oh wow, there's a fire! And he's go. Oh, what well, this guy's a hero! Incredible! This guy was. Ca- oh man! I like Aguilar. Why you got? Why you got to swerve over? You know, I'm just changing a tire over here. You got to swerve over eight lanes of traffic to run me over? They're one and two, Ben. It's getting really dire. <laughs> it really They're is. one and two, and they play four of their next five on the road, and they have a short week at Green Bay. They ha- are so banged
2: up. Uh, they thought about playing Alshon Jeffrey yesterday, and I think they went, you better make sure he's good because things are just going to get even harder. Right. Uh, and, and, you know, the Lions may be better than people are giving them credit for, but the Eagles, I mean, you go ask them, they're going where's the creativity on offense? There's questions about that. They're getting no pass rush, and they paid Fletcher Cox all that money, and they've made some moves. So there's lots of concerns in Eagle Land. And you know what else they're doing in Eagle Land? They're complaining about Carson Wentz missing throws. Okay, that's the thing that's happening.
1: If you if you go look at their schedule, I really think they will be lucky if it after at the midway point they're three and five. And if they are three and five, one of those wins better be at Dallas. It better be at Dallas. You start doing the whole look at your division thing. And the situation they're in now, I know it's early. It's three weeks, and the Cowboys could end up losing Dak for five or six weeks, and that would change the dynamic of everything. Uh, Obviously, injuries always impact stuff. But for them to get their rash of injuries now with the schedule the way it is, they could dig themselves into a horrific hole if they lose at Green Bay on Thursday night. So they're at Green Bay, then they have the Jets at home, mm-hmm. then they're at the Vikings, at the Cowboys, at the Bills, who it's are tough. surprising people. Barnwell's saying that's one of the best defenses in the league. It, they are. They they're have good. the Bears at, uh, at home, then the Patriots, then the Seahawks. So yeah, it's a it's a tough stretch for them. And obviously Alshon Jeffrey's out, Deshaun Jackson's out. Yesterday, they lost Jason Peters and Andre Dillard, uh, their tackles during the game. Uh, who else they lost? Uh, oh, Dallas, Dallas Godert is hampered. Goddard's um, been
2: yeah, kind of half-assing out there,
1: yeah. Ronald Darby, they lost him, our cornerback with a hamstring. So they are suffering uh, with lots of injuries. And I was listening to Sean and RJ this morning. We all were. And it's always fun to listen to them on a Cowboy Monday, especially when Philly loses and the Cowboys win. Hmm. And so Roy and Troy went and monitored what was going on on Philadelphia radio. And I love the way Sean described uh Cataldi. Cataldi, what's his first name? Angelo Angelo. Cataldi. Angelo. Yeah. Angelo Cataldi. He called him the main meatball. <laughs> <laughs> and the main meatball, Angelo yeah. Cataldi. Now we've tried to have him on our show before, but he won't shut up. He was a real jerk. And in fact, he, yeah, he hates so, you guys. He was so butthurt that we didn't bow down to him and let him just dominate our show that like now, KT, whenever well whenever they need the dallas perspective they have kt on the show good god they, they treat you like me. a damn gimp kt this is ridiculous
2: well, you know i go on and i i give him the honesty you put on your leather
1: hear. mask and hop out of the box when they tell you to let me tell you something if he hates us he doesn't hate us anywhere as much as i hate him <laughs> <laughs> I just I love so much that there are actual living breathing okay. cartoon characters and they do radio in the Northeast. And I
2: want to be clear, I've never gone on their show. And, I've never gone on their show and not done a bit. Like, <laughs> That's true. Tried to That's so it
1: true. It's very true. It's very true. We support you. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's, very it's a true. Trojan horse situation for sure. Let's yeah. go
2: to Cut Thirty Four Shippy. This is from the that morning show in <laughs> Philadelphia, and there was a Miss Face Mask call where Miles Sanders really he nearly got his head ripped off. I don't know if y'all saw it. It was a horrible. It should have been called. Missed it. But he sh- I mean, And they didn't call it. He nearly had his head off. I mean, it nearly happened. It happened. Listen to the reaction from this station.
4: This has to be one of the top ten. Oh, yeah. Because Miles yes. Sanders nearly was decapitated. The exorcist. By a man grabbing his face mask and twisting the whole helmet around <laughs> until he yanked the helmet off. It was incredible. Yes. The helmet is rolling on the ground. And I'm I'm looking in the corner of the screen for the flag yes. thing to come out. And I can't believe my eyes are not calling this. There was
3: something flew in the air as well.
1: It was his headband right. that got ripped off right. his head. If it was yellow, we would have known right. there's a the flag. The
4: Lions were laughing about it. It was insane that they didn't call <laughs> this.
1: Okay, was that Meg? Okay no So like, dude if they oh, had a if they had a british fine. baby on that show I would listen every day. <laughs> if they replace that other guy with a yeah. british baby I, I would like be her. so into that show. They got one guy who's like older Philly Roy it yeah. kinda sounds like Roy. Yeah. And he's just
4: trying to bring some ah. ration. If you listen, he's the one t and hey, cataldies all over. I couldn't believe it. I was choking on a meatball and I told myself
1: that guy's a bomb. Well, I told you if you if you were watching, you would have noticed Mom. there was a moment there where Money. <laughs> Mommy, Mommy, please, Mama, please go re edit their show and just drop Mama. that in the whole time. Mama. I had to, up be to be eat one one my
4: fourth hoagie, and there I was watching the game, and there they were blowing it.
2: When, when, uh, when older Mama. Roy and uh, Meg are, are talking, uh-huh. um, you can hear him in the background going, ah, uh, ah, uh, like, no, <laughs> let me talk, my show. It's so funny. You can't help it. He's in the background. He's making noise or coughing up a meatball. No, I think
1: that's the sound he makes when he breathes. (laughs) Did you
4: play a little bit of that again, Chippy?
1: Just listen to him breathing in the background. There's a little bit of lasagna blockage.
4: This has to be one of the top ten. Oh, yeah. Because Miles Sanders nearly was decapitated. The Exorcist. By a man (laughs) grabbing his face mask and twisting Ah. the whole helmet around. Until he yanked the helmet off. It was off. incredible. The helmet is rolling on the Mom. ground, Mom. and I'm, I'm looking in the Mom. corner of the screen Mom. for the flag yes. to come out, Money. and I can't believe Money. my eyes are not calling this. There was
3: something Mom. flew in the air as well. Mom. It was his headband right. that got ripped right. off his head. If right. it was yellow, we would have known right. there's a the flag. The
4: lions were laughing about it's it. Amazing. I mean, it <laughs> that they didn't call this. <laughs> Mom, <laughs> people listen to that. They're going to have a
2: stupid smart dog come in. He's like, he's giving the sports reports.
1: He's giving a quick Phillies update,
4: real quick. It's a
1: smart dog. And have it. they have that old pedophile from down the street that chimes in once a week.
4: We're going to take a linguini break. We'll be right back. <laughs> Howard Eskin is Herbert. <laughs> <laughs> This <laughs> is such a oh dumbass my God. Show. God.
1: Oh, God. I can't oh, take God it. Man, All right. I quit. Let's we have more audio. <laughs> we have more audio from them, right? We'll do it later. <laughs> Maybe
4: after Mickey,
1: we'll get to the rest okay. of it. It's so good. All right. Let's get back into the Cowboys.
2: <laughs> Mommy. Mommy. Mama. Mama. Coming Mama. up next, more Cowboys Ta. here on the fan. Ma.